That is the sound of an enthusiastic amateur nailing his audio cues. Thanks for joining us today, folks. I'm Jim Reed, Bluff Storini in the home game. Uh, this is the Rec Poker Podcast Forums Edition. I'd like to thank Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino and, of course, Website Amp. So just like every week, we are here in the Rec Poker Forums, studiously looking at forum posts to find something educational and um, um, entertaining to bring to our Rec Poker audience. Just like every week, we're trying to steal each other's chips in the Rec Poker Nightly Play Money Home Game. And uh, just like every week, because I have the best job in the world, I am joined by a panel of wizards here. Um, wizards, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and how to how Rec Poker Nation can get in touch with you? I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5 by 5 on PokerStars and Twitter. I'm Eric Jen. I'm Binkley on the forums, COM Binkley in the home games, and Rec Binkley on Twitter. I'm Keith Brandt. I'm Monkey System, just about everywhere. I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm Fergie56 in the home game, and Pet Pet everywhere else. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50, just about everywhere. I'm Taylor Moss. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Taylor underscore Moss. And in the Rec Poker home game, it's Gopher Boy TJM. I'm Troy Chapman. Um, you can find me in the home games and pretty much everywhere is Chapo Australia. Thanks, gang, for uh, joining me this week. And as you know, premium members are always welcome uh, on the Rec Poker podcast. If there's a, a forum post that you'd like to talk about, um, just post it out there. And uh, chances are we're going to talk about it here on the air. So um, along with our Wrecking Crew members, we've also got Keith and Troy with us tonight. And because we've got this dream team, we thought we would just run through a couple of these fantastic forum posts. So this is one from Troy, and it's a hand... Um, that he played online in the Poker Stars home game. So we've got some common enemies here, including mm -hmm. the, one, <laughs> the one and only monkey system. Um, and so I'll just get right into the action and we can talk about the points that we find interesting about it. So um, Troy is holding one of my favorite hands, the Ace-3 suited. Uh, I love those wheel aces. And he's in pretty early uh, position playing off a 28 big blind stack. So Troy uh, opens from early position, I think uh, from 200 to 440. So it's 2.2 size raise, which seems like uh, the perfect size off that stack. We get a call uh, from a middle position player. And then we get a very small three bet, which is interesting given the sizing. So the, the, the open raise was to 440. It got called. And then we get a raise from uh, Money Mortis, another 560 to 1,000. So that's not that big. And then that gets called, cold called um, in position on the button by PokerCat36. And it comes back around to our man here at Chapo Australia, who has to decide what to do facing an additional 560 chips. So... The pot is, let me see, 1,000, 2,000. There's got to be a little over 3,000 chips in here right now. Um, it's 560 more to call. We are the original raiser, and there's one player still to act after us. So I'm always kind of torn in spots like this with these wheel aces because 
They play really well multi-way because you can flush over flush somebody, but they've got those great qualities that make them good for re-raising as part of a bluff, uh, a balanced bluffing range because they've got blockers. You can make a straight, you can make a flush. Um, panel, when you're in a spot like this, how do you decide between the different ways to play to play hands like this, specifically these wheel aces? And is there some way you'd, you feel like it's just the right way to play it in this spot? Personally, what I did, yeah so it's another 2.8 bigs for me to flat it and i smelled uh so something smells when someone cold calls a three bet so <laughs> it means that oh, to me it usually means they've got a pretty good hand but it's not a it, they're not top of range and they don't not necessarily want a four bet so it's something i probably wanted to have a chat about so i figured after the three bet and the flat if i reopen that's when things can get funky. So if I flat it, I'm pretty sure Keith's going to uh, call along and close the action. And then I'm pretty much guaranteeing a four-way flop with a hand that can make the nut, whether it be the wheel or whether it be the, um, the nut flush. That was my um, theory with it. Um, and I do love playing wheel aces. That was the <laughs> reason as well. And, and I do think that player that's behind you, they've already shown that they're in a calling mood today, right? Like with whatever they, they chose to call your open in position. So they could be planning some weird back raise with aces or something here, but I think you're right. Typically they're going to be inclined to, to call along. So I like that, that thinking about um, thinking about how they're going to play their range there. I, I have a quick something to say. <laughs> um, I, I like I like those suited aces too as speculative hands that can make the nuts. I think that your antenna were your spidey senses were correct when you get the cold call of the three bet mm -hmm. that like screams strength to me. Uh, and also we're only 28 big blinds deep in this hand. And I don't think that this is a hand that you can play as a speculative hand when we're only 28 big blinds deep. So I think that in this case, I would have, I like your open, but I think in this case, I would have folded to the three bet and the call, even though we're getting absolutely fantastic odds. And I, so let's talk a little bit about that calling range um, of the button player, because I think a couple, a couple folks have mentioned it here. So just put yourself in their position. Early position raise or call uh, opens. We get a call, someone else three bets, and now it's on you in, in position. What are you calling with there? Like you're ditching a lot and you're, and you're, and you're for betting most of the other stuff, right? That's almost always is, like yeah. tens, jacks, something like that. What are you thinking, Rob? I'm thinking, what is the, what is the big, uh, the button stack size comparatively, comparatively? Is he uh, deep? Good question. The button. They're fairly deep. They have about 10,000, 10,000 chips. So yeah. 50. 50 odd big blinds. Okay. Then I was thinking that um, he's going to speculate from the button, knowing that he's got position on everybody with probably some suited connectors and some small pairs. Hmm. I think that's still a little bit too wide for, I think it was Jim that just said it. Like you have an early position, open a call, a three bet, and then now it's on you. I think you could, they're probably ditching a lot of those but a lot of people call in those spots with hands that are 
eights maybe, but nines, tens, jacks, and ace queen. Like it's that like I'm in a good part, but I'm in that like not great but decent hand strength. And <laughs> and what do you guys what do you, what do you think about that gang? Because like let's say you're in this spot with like nines or tens or something like that. You're essentially do you feel like you're set mining in that point when you do that because like i'm not sure the math is there like should it just be a fold i guess is what i'm saying in in that kind of spot instead like should it just be a fold like should you even have a calling range here or or a shove right it could be a shove yeah yeah but i don't think it's ever flat right a a raise or or a fold i think is is what you should be doing in that spot a cold calling a three bet is is very seldom a good idea (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm yet to act right and i've still yes got, yes and I'm, I'm, at the moment my range is completely uncapped true yeah good point so if they if they flat this is the part that i've always wondered about right so if they're flatting they're just hoping to hell that what happens is they get to the flop and improve really, that's all they want to do well but right? like just, yeah if they yeah, felt like they could, the if they felt like they could win without improving, they'd get it in. So it's like they need to get to the flop and they need to improve. And it's like that's not going to happen often enough to to be calling in that spot, right? So is there a calling range there at all? I suppose is yeah, first... good question. At what all? do you think? What do you think, gang? Personally, uh, I don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> not at this, not at this they... stacked up. If we're that a lot stacked deeper, up, yeah, like maybe that... you know, then then we can. Then we can find some flats. If we have like, if we're like eighty big blinds deep, then then we we don't really maybe want to get all our twists in the middle. But not not at this stack depth. We just got to shove or fold. Okay, so just there, Chris. If if you are deeper, why not just four bet? I mean, you could. I'm, I'm still the act. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I and I probably would a lot, but I mean, I I, I might. I think there there can be a case to be made for for flatting if we're like eighty big blinds deep. Um, but I mean, I think there's a case to be made for raising, especially this three bed is so small. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weirdly almost, small. It's weirdly small. So it's like a, it's almost like a clickback, right? Yeah. So yeah. from that from that range that of that what that position that person only has uh 24 big blinds so i think from the range of hands that they want to call three bet with and all of the dead money that's already in the pot they should probably be going all in yeah with any hand that they want to call with Mm -hmm. yep i think that's right and i think people get afraid of of shoving in the 20s or like up to 30 big blinds or something. Cause they feel like, Oh, well, I've only got pocket tens. Like how good a hand can it be here? Um, and that's true. But the fact is like, I think people don't credit how deep you really should be shoving uh, in, in some of these spots, because as we've said, calling is not really a better option. So you don't, you don't get to compare it to, Oh, I'd rather be shoving with aces. Well, yeah, we'd all rather be shoving with aces, but you have to make money from these other hands in the best possible way. Uh, I can see aces as the only hand to call with. That's what we're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, so as 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 it uh, comes around to Troy, he does call, 
And as predicted, uh, the other player calls as well. So we get four way to the flop. There's about 4,400 or something in there by the time the blinds and everyone's called this, uh, this 1,000. And about 22 bigs. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And, uh, and the blinds are all out of the, out of the hand here. So it's only, it's only players that, that chose to get involved here. So the flop comes six of diamonds, four of diamonds, four of clubs. So it's a very interesting flop. We've got the ace three of diamonds. Um, so we've got the nut flush draw. It's a paired board. Um, it's not the kind of board that really smashes a lot of three bet ranges or cold calling ranges. Um, but we're out of position. Does anybody feel like, uh, again, we talk about this all the time on the show, sort of the default textbook play is just to check um, almost 100% of the time here. So that's what I think most people will do. Um, is there a consideration for leading here with the nut flush draw and a, and a kind of scary board? I think this is the flop we were hoping for. And I think one way or another, we're getting our chips in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Like this is our flop. This is this why is we called. I, I, I couldn't have asked for much better, right? Right. Um, right. So my intent, <laughs> the best of intentions, was to check, wait for the bet, and jam. And then stuff goes south. <laughs> as soon as I check. So hold on, hold on. Before we go down that yeah. road too far. But, 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 but so that my, my plan yes. before I've done anything was if I check, I jam. And I, and I was hoping that someone, whether it be Keith or I was actually hoping the three better would just see bet the flop. Right. The, uh, the person that had flattered would just get out of the way because they didn't improve and I could jam. And I basically get almost all, yeah. Basically, uh, if I get called, I've got a great, I've got great draws anyway, and so be it. But as it turns out, um, <laughs> plans and how things turn out aren't always align. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and it would be so much more accommodating of those players to play that way, oh, wouldn't yeah. it, true? It would, but, um, <laughs> but 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 is that a right? So I suppose, firstly, is that plan correct? Because if that's how I wanted to play it, regardless yeah, of what everyone else does. Is that the right way to approach the hand? Anybody want to jump for in this there? flop? I think for this flop, that's exactly the way you want to play it. And it doesn't Check matter there. what everybody else yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your chips have to go in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you're so short. It's not like you're putting a hundred big blinds in. You would never want to put a hundred big blinds in, but you're just so short. You've already put in. I don't know, eight big five. blinds or something. You only have no, like five. five. So you only have like no. 22 or 23 big blinds back. So, you know, and there's... And that's, and that's about, a, there's about 20 big blinds in there or something, right? By the yeah. time that... Yeah, well, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's almost a full... It's all, it's getting close to the my starting stack. Yeah. Of the hand. Yeah, so, I, I think there's just two things to consider here. I mean, the plan is correct i mean it's kind of just check jam this when you get the nut flush uh the two things that don't make it like that great one it's a paired board uh so some of your outs are potentially dirty outs or not actually what you think you're gonna get um and two when you take this route since the pot is so big you're unlikely to get fold equity which is usually a great portion of like when you're thinking about the play of like do i check jam fold equity is part of that equation that helps you out. 
uh, you're probably going to be in a spot where you don't have a ton of fold equity here. However, you still have just the pure equity of hitting the flush. You're going to be able to beat the overpairs, the random hands that somehow connect with this board. You have better flush draws and other potential like King Jack suited types of things. Uh, that's part of the benefit of having these wheel aces is that you don't cover up other players' potential like flush draws when they are calling with King Jack suited, King Queen suited, Queen Jack suited, etc. Uh, you have a better flush draw than them. Um, but yeah, it, it just know like it, you could have asked for slightly better if just the four was maybe like a different card, uh, just so, uh, you, you don't have the paired board to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly this is the kind of flop you're looking for, um, when you get involved in, uh, in a hand with, in a hand like this. And just like Taylor says, yeah, if it wasn't paired, that would be about the only way we could improve it. Um, but I think we're definitely, like Kim saying, we definitely feel like we own this flop. We want to get some chips in here. So, um, but as the post says, this is the uh, name of the post is calling with implied odds and pre-flop and things get weird post-flop. <laughs> yep, exactly correct. So um, what ends up happening is we check uh, the next player who's Keith also checks. Then the C-better makes a bet... Uh, for about was it looks like about half pot maybe and we get a raise from the player behind who who cold called the three bet first and then and it comes back they to jam all in, don't they? yeah no, uh, yeah, yeah they jam in. all in good point yes yeah, so, so, so yeah. and yeah, it's so a short cold, raise yes yeah so the cold caller of the original three bet jams and they jam over they jam over less than less than the size of the bet. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so they're very they're very comfortable. <laughs> they're very comfortable with their with the equity that they have in the hand at the moment. It seems, um, and it comes back around to us. So this is the real moment that that Troy was talking about before, where we're we're kind of put to a decision now. I think I think to call is all in for us now, and or very close to it. And um, the, the pros and cons are the pro, we've got a really good drawing hand. We actually, we still have ace high also. So we might be ahead of some of the other um, hands that might be getting involved. Or at least we've got the three outs if they do have that, you know, pocket queens, pocket jacks, tens, nines, whatever. Um, so we're getting great odds, but we have to call all in in a tournament. And everyone always tells us that we shouldn't be calling all in on a, in a, in a tournament. Um, but we're getting such great odds. All right. So, so how do you guys deal with this kind of tension and, and, and how do you decide what to do in, in spots like this in real time when we don't have time to like crunch everybody's ranges and that kind of thing, anything I, jumping out? I don't think it's actually, it's not exactly a calling off all in. They raised to 3,700 and he's got about 4,500 back, I think. Yeah. Good point. So if he, jam, if he jams it all in over the top, the original, the original C better may fold here. The yeah, he can. He can. He can put no that equity. in. He, right. Yeah, which so, makes right. it better, right? You can potentially have some fold out somebody's equity. Yep. And then, right. right, and you get to see all four cards to realize, or all, all the cards to realize your equity to try and hit your flush. 
And, we, and, you know, when that person goes all in for that short amount, you're putting them on exactly what you're putting them on, which we thought was probably a pair of some sort, some sort of middling pair, which they feel is good now because we've got a six high flop. Yeah, and it means, it means that probably your ace is good, but probably one of your diamonds is, is bad. I mean, potentially not, but could be, right? Right. So, but you're still gaining outs, like so. That's one thing. I mean, if we're if we're ranging this person correctly, we're almost certain they've got nines, tens, or jacks at this point. Um, once they do this shove, yeah. And, when and Chris I think is, we have fold equity against the original. Well, against the other person, but I'm talking better. about yeah. uh, the the short stack person who's just shoved is is like right. there is no clear signal that this is what this hand is, because um, they don't have ace queen anymore. Right. Right. And when, and when Chris says that we've, our, our ace is good, he means that the three aces that remain in the deck, if our opponent does have a hand like jacks or queens or tens or something, it's good. Um, but the jack or queen of diamonds that might complete our flush would now complete a full house for them. So we're kind of losing one out, but we're gaining three outs. So we're kind of still gaining outs, which is what Chris is getting at there, which I love. So... Okay, so then uh, is this just a simple math question? What else should we be thinking about in this spot? Because again, you know, Troy's got 30 seconds now to make this decision. It's gone bet shove in front of him. Um, what, what else should we be thinking about when we're trying to decide what to do? Um, personally, as played, I figured that if I'm ha keeping around about 20 to 22 bigs, I like playing around that sort of stack size with that short stack ninja stuff. Um, so if I fold and get out of the way and let these two guys duke it out, I can live to fight another day and find something that's not going to be a draw. And that was the way I, and that was the reason I found the fold. Hmm. So, so you can also think about um, your edge versus the field. So like Troy is saying, he, he's going to still have 20 big blinds. He feels comfortable playing that if he feels he has a skill edge versus the players still remaining. Um, you know, that's something, that's something to consider. Yep. I like that for sure. Yeah. And I mean, in this spot, you almost, if you're going to call, you kind of want the other person to call. I mean, it, I guess fold is better because then the equity goes away too, but are there whatever equity they potentially have, but, um, you know, going multi-way with a flush draw when you have the potential of essentially hitting the nuts is, I mean, good. Like if you get this flop and all nine players at the table are all in, like <laughs> that's a great spot for you, right? Because like you're going to hit your flush one out of three times roughly, I think is the close math. And, you know, three-way pot, that's about break even. Uh, if it were hypothetically nine-way, hey, that's great. Uh, you've got great odds there, but um it's just kind of that spot of like, if I gave you all the correct math and it was break even or close to break even, how do you decide? And Eric makes a good point, you know, field, field advantage, like where do you stack up against everyone else? Um, do you think you can maybe make it back later? Did you just drive to this tournament? Can you rebuy? Are we close to the money? Are we not close to the money? All those things potentially come into play uh, when you're making this decision here. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a tricky spot. I always feel like I'm torn between these kind of I've got all these outs, I'm getting such good odds, you know, didn't drive all this way just to fold, um, even when I'm just driving to my office. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's a tempting. It's a it's an interesting spot. So Troy, you did end up folding here, and being results oriented, we can say it was a no, good fold. We should just say no. We don't <laughs> have to go any further. <laughs> the hand, because the problem is when you look at the results, it it changes what you think the way you should have played. The way you should have played is the way you should have played, regardless of the results. It's true. Probably, I want to know but, if we range but in the, the way guy. that we've read. Sorry, Rob, get going. I'm sorry. I just want to know, did we range him properly? That was mm. what I was going to say. Yes, we did. <laughs> I want to know, did we range him yes, properly? I was right. That, so you got to look at the <laughs> There's not much in this game that I actually get right, Rob, but I had it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> so here, before, before we spoil um, everyone at home, so think about, uh, so it does go to showdown. Um, Troy folds, uh, the next player folds, and... Uh, uh, the original see better call. So the, the two action players do go to showdown here. Um, so take pause the podcast and think about what you think they had when they three bet small and uh, when the player called in position. And then we can say here, drum roll, please. Uh, the winning hand was pocket jacks. That is what that uh, the cold caller did have pocket jacks. The original three better made a very small uh, three bet with ace of spades, king of spades, and did not improve. So I think we can take a few notes out of that. I think that that three bet from the ace king player probably should be a little bigger given that it was a squeeze. There was multiple players in the hand that might've changed how the button player played. I don't know about that, but just in a vacuum, I think that sizing should be a little bigger. And as we were talking about like, the player with jacks that called in position, maybe not even, maybe just don't even have a calling range. If your calling range is so narrow that like six out of eight people can say, Oh, that's jacks. Um, that's not, you're not really doing yourself a favor by getting into, getting into a spot where your range is that, is that narrow. Chris. I'll just add something too. When you're the three better and you have a hand as strong as ACE King uh, suited and it goes four ways and you get a flop like this one, you, you're not obligated to see bet. Mm. You're absolutely not obligated to see bet. And mm-hmm. um, I, I would, I would, I would, I would never see bet <laughs> with uh, because because you, you're like you're so excited. You've got this premium hand. You three bet, and then suddenly there's four people joining you to the party, and then you hit a flop with four four six. You're like, well, I gotta see bad because I'm the I'm the aggressor, but you're just gonna you're just gonna get into this kind of spot. It's burning money, right? Yeah. Um. So, all right, Chris. As a question, sorry to stop my, not my I'm not running this thing. Um. <laughs> so I opened a two point two, Keith Flats, the t- uh, another two point two. What are you suggesting that old mm. mate who had the ace suited should open to to avoid? Because ultimately he should. I'm assuming if if I'm right here. Ace King at this point in time with the sort of stacks they have, he three bets to a proper range. Jacks goes, I've got no other option here. I jam and I get out of the way. It's basically yep. a it's a trivial fold. I move on. And Keith, well, um, I'm assuming Keith gets out of the way because I never actually found out what he had. Um, I don't know what I had. I don't remember. We're on the we're on the <laughs> button, right? And we're on the button as the with Ace King. No, the, uh, the Jax is on the button. So yeah, the he's in the cutoff. Right? Yeah, yeah, cutoff. Um, so in the original open was 440. I'm I I don't know what others would be doing. I'm three betting. Sorry, this so it was two point two. Sorry, two point two. Yeah, two point two. So I'm 
raising this to around seven or eight big blinds. Yeah, eight, I was gonna eight, say eight. Eight, eight yeah, jumped out eight. at me, and eight. even though we've only got twenty-eight big blinds, oh, I guess the the three betting player is actually a little deeper than that. So yeah, eight, eight sounds right. Eight sounds right. If this had been played optimally, I think it would have been all in pre-flop between two players for a race. Yeah, yeah. Eight point eight. Sorry, eight bigs. Um, the jacks goes well. I'm good enough to um, run with it here. They jam. I get out of the way. Keith gets out of the way. And they get to see their run. They get to see their hand. Yeah, and you can just see why that you know that ace king that ace king player they didn't they didn't forward their goals with the sizing that they chose. Like they'd be better off just to call in position, um, or or make a bigger three bet. I just don't think the small three bet like that. It just doesn't. Um, if it only creates trivial decisions, then it's not. You're not really helping yourself but you're not putting anyone in a tough spot you didn't put troy in that tough a spot um with a hand like ace three suited because he was getting such good odds um so yeah i would say that was one that one thing the three bet the three bet sizing stands out oh have we not heard from our good friend uh jonathan little yet let's see if he has any uh tips or tricks for uh what we could get up to next have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? It's like he's in our brain. What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? Is he made for this hand? What do you do king when you miss the flop? <laughs> Don't see that. Are you tired of guessing <laughs> about what the right play is with your particular <laughs> hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. And if he finds out that any of you have been guessing or stressing, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a real problem. You don't want to see Jonathan Little when he's angry. I would go to uh, pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. Money back guarantee, folks. Don't forget that. All right. What's he going to do when he realizes you're heckling him during his little pitch there? You mean like, bantering with him in a supportive and friendly and encouraging way, Taylor? Is that what you mean? Okay, I'm going to do that when you start talking. From <laughs> <on>. <laughs> That's why we, we miss Taylor on the chats editions of the podcast. We record too early for Taylor to join us. We need this, this joie de vivre from you, my you, friend. You kept heckling me and I... <laughs> Actually, uh, secret, um, we heckle you a lot more now that you're not there. <laughs> Put the word out. There's a minor, there's a minor amount of heckling that goes on, but it all gets released out on the air. At least I promise. Right. All right. Well, uh, let me see. Any other thoughts here? Um, wheel aces, uh, calling versus raising, stack sizes, um, ranging opponents. What other kind of lessons can we rest from this? I know we covered it all so well. It's like we're it's like we're getting good at this or something. <laughs> if Jim? you have a plan, go with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess one thing that that we didn't talk about. Um, does anybody call at the end there or or make the reshove? Because. Uh, because I think we didn't actually definitively get on it, but I think it does seem like a spot that maybe you got to kind of hold your nose and, and just continue with uh, with the hand anyway, right? As played. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I just like any excuse to get my chips in the middle. 
Uh, I'm just glad. I, if if I if I call the the three bet, I'm yeah, I'm getting him in the middle here. Yeah, when you get that that kind of SPR with um with that with that particular hand, that sounds good to me. All right. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and of course uh, Website Amp, uh, Keith, Chris, Kim, Rob, Eric, Troy, and Taylor. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me tonight and talking poker. And we'll see all y'all again next week. Take care.